Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we're chatting with Justin Brown from Primal Video. That's the biggest thing that uh, that we like to share is it's not about how pretty the video is or whatever. It's about the impact for the viewers and what they're looking for, what they want. He talks a lot about value and value creation. It's something that YouTubers don't think about, but it's super, super important. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome back to Creative Generation. Right here, right now, we have Justin Brown from Primal Video. Justin, g'day. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, thanks for hanging out. It's been a while since we caught up, but it's really good to have you here. Hey, um, Justin, what do you do on YouTube? Maybe that's a good place to start. I create videos on YouTube about creating videos on YouTube. So <laughs> we help people um, around the video creation side of things, then around getting views and subscribers or seeing an impact result from creating those videos through to the monetization or the revenue streams that you can build off the back of it. So in a nutshell, that's what we teach at Primal Video. And you guys have been doing it for a while now. Like how long have you been on YouTube doing this? So we really sort of kicked off this channel around five years ago, and I would say it's probably been three and a half years actually serious um, with with the strategy in place. Before that, we were really just dabbling and uh, throwing content up and hoping that it stuck uh, or that people would find it. And uh, that strategy didn't really amount to much for us. So I got to the point where we nearly you know, packed it up and and shut down our channel because it wasn't a good business decision for us. So for us, we see YouTube as a way to um, find our ideal clients and customers and to help and impact a lot of people with the stuff that we're able to share and help them with. And uh, yeah, when that wasn't working for us early on, then it was a bad business decision to continue, at least with the strategy that we had at that point, which was pretty much no strategy. Uh, so uh, yeah, then obviously we spent a lot of time between then and now testing and tweaking and and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and uh, do more of that. And that's uh, it, it seems to be working pretty well right now. When, when, you, yeah. got to, when you got to that point, um, when you were just, you know, experimenting, what were you experimenting with? Was it all the stuff in video? Or were you just trying different tech or what was the, what was the style you were doing? So the biggest distinction we had with the content we were creating was I was creating the content that I thought people would want. So I was creating like video editing tips. I'm like, if someone watches this video, this is going to change the game for them. They're going to be able to edit faster. But that's not really speaking to the pain or the problem that they have, um, which are the issues that come up before even getting to the tips. So, I mean, YouTube itself is primarily a search engine. Yes, it's a video content platform, but it's a search engine. And you're able to to have your content show up right when people need it, which is, you know, with search, with an SEO strategy. So we instead took a a step back. And instead of speaking to the solution, we were speaking to the problem. So what are people searching for? How can we have our videos show up based on that problem, that issue that they're looking for? So we then kind of went down that SEO rabbit hole. What are the things that we need to give YouTube or what are the things we need to do or say in our videos as well to help YouTube place our content in front of the right people, the people that need it, whether they're you know, searching for it or whether it's showing up off the back of a piece of content that they've watched. How do we start to give YouTube what it needs to put our content in front of the right people? So it was really testing around the titles, the tags, what we're saying in the video, the structure of the video. Um, so all, all of that kind of stuff that kind of blended in to, um, yeah, to, to the strategy. Super interesting. Hey, um, Justin, before we go too deep, did allude to it before. So 
the background of of the team on your channel, it's you and your brother, right? Um, Mike. Mike, yeah, good. Yep. yeah, yeah. Memory yeah. serves me. I'm like, hang on, I'm saying. Done, it. I was gonna, I, I left you it. hanging there too. I'm like, see if he gets it. No, no. Yeah. It's uh, no, there is, there's two of us. So it is. Uh, I, I hesitate because you, because you're 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 the face of Primal Video, um, but maybe tell us a bit about how you and Mike ended up making YouTube videos because I think that's there's a pretty interesting genesis story here. Yeah, so my background is in video production. Um, I've pretty much been working on that my entire professional career and uh, worked with a lot of pro-level athletes and action sports uh, stuff. Got to follow big wave surfers around the world, worked with lots of um, crazy free divers and those sorts of things as well. Um, and Mike's background is total opposite. He's corporate finance. He's a, he's a CA. He's worked with a lot of startup businesses and those sorts of things as well. And we actually had a couple of different businesses together before we started Primal Video um but um yeah i don't know it's working with family is is good we can have a full-on blow up a full-on argument over something and then just go for a beer afterwards so um yeah we've we've managed to make it work it's good and that sounds like a pretty good combination for a youtube channel like um is it how it seems outside looking in you know the video and the production and and the um, understanding there and then like the business side and the marketing is that like a is that a really good combination you found yeah it works really well i mean he looks at things totally different to me i would say i'm much more on the creative spectrum whereas he's very systems and processes and really it was the systems and processes that we bought into our strategy for youtube that changed the game for us i was creating the videos that i thought people wanted it was him saying hey there's probably a system here that we can figure out uh even structuring our videos was a massive step forward i i'm kind of a scatterbrain person and i would you know maybe talk to uh, one thing over here then then get squirreled across to mentioning something else in a video and those videos are very hard for people to follow along because it's not in a structure in a logical format to follow so so we really, you know, which is crazy um, to think that because I was helping my clients making structured videos. But when it was time for me to get in and create videos, those were the things that I struggled with. Uh, so it was easy to do it for other people. But putting myself in that position and being on camera uh, is a totally new world. So um, it really was about the processes and systems and the structures and stuff that we've put in place. And now we're very meticulous with the content that we create. We only create content that we know that there is demand for, that people are searching for or looking for. Um, And also what we're saying in the video and when is all designed to, again, give YouTube what it needs to show our content to the right people, but also to keep people watching, to keep that engagement to the end of the video for watch time. It's super interesting hearing you talk about how specific and structured all of these different aspects of what you do. Um, and this is what obviously works for you and you guys and your your content. But I mean, a lot of people would would sort of not associate that with the creative industry, no. the creative pursuit, right? Like the, these systems and structures. Um it was foreign to me too. And, and I, I hated the idea of it at first. I'm like, no, I'm a creative person. I just, you know, want to create videos like Peter McKinnon and, and all these other people that, you know, their, their strategy totally different to ours. You might say almost the complete opposite. We don't have any cinematic B-roll of making coffee or my day-to-day life. It's literally just the content. And it's, it's in a structured way that people can follow along. And that's, you know, it's, it's not to say that there's a right or wrong. This is the stuff that we've found that we can create the content in the most efficient way. Uh, most easiest way 
without spending a ton of time that still gives us the result that we want, which is that impact for our viewers. So that's really what we're, we're spending a lot of time with these structures and processes and stuff and refining them to get the outcome with the least amount of input. So we're really striving for that 80-20 where you're able to get that, the, you know, the bulk of the results with the least amount of input. Uh, you know, even as a video guy, I would say that my videos don't have the best lighting, don't have the best uh, camera, you know, uh, movement. There's no movement, right? There's a camera locked off on, on, a, on a tripod. But no one questions that stuff. Everyone is there for the content. And I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, that we like to share is it's not about how pretty the video is or whatever. It's about the impact for the viewers and what they're looking for, what they want. So our content is very search or SEO based or, or you know, speaking directly to a pain or a problem that we know people are searching for. So if I was to go off and have a, you know, a minute cinematic sequence in the middle of it, I think this is going to annoy people because they just be, just get to the point with our style of content. So it is different. And yeah, it was something I, I definitely struggled with as well. As a creative person, don't put me in a box. Don't tell me what to say when. Uh, don't give me a teleprompter. I'm just an off-the-cuff person. But all of this stuff now makes us create videos that work uh, for us in our niche uh, in, a, in a very quick amount of time. It's interesting you say that. Um, we were doing a, a roundtable um recently with a couple of uh you know established youtubers from about you know 20,000 subs up to about a million and we were asking about their strategies for developing content in terms of content plans and and, and deployment and you know we said oh, how many of you guys are you strategic you know we plan it all out um and how you're going to do it compared to how many of you are organic and every single one of them came back saying organic um and that's the way yeah. they'd always done it um and it's interesting saying because i guess for some people that works but you know i guess if you're trying to it's very hard to teach something organic to someone, but it is much easier to show a structured way to, to approach it. Yeah. And I think within the structure, though, it does give you the creativity. And that's what I struggled with is like, don't tell me what to say and when. I want to be me. Mm. And I did struggle with that for a long time. And I struggled with it more when it actually started to work. I'm <laughs> like, oh, shoot, like this is working. We're going to have to keep doing this because it's giving us the result that we want. And there was a point where I, I didn't really like creating the videos that we were making, but they were working for the business and the goals that we had. So it was now around, okay, this is the loose structure of how we're going to structure our videos. Mm. We're going to do this in every one of our videos and obviously test and evolve this over time but what are the core things that we're doing and then i'll get creative inside of that so i was still able to get the the win for me and what i needed out of it but really it more so became about the outcome yeah. and the comments and things that were coming through and how we were able to help and impact people with our content in, in, in terms of that we were also talking to a, a group of creators as well about um things like um you know structures and thumbnails and titles and we said look that you know there are strategies you can put in place where people are definitely going to click on it or more likely to click on it if you do these things um but i guess uh one thing that got in the way for a lot of them was the fact that they didn't like the look of those things right they didn't like the yeah. you know the way the thumbnail looked when you know you focus on the face and the emotion and that kind of thing and they're like uh you know we like it this way instead and i understand that but you know it comes down to that do you want a better click-through rate or do you want to just like yeah. the way it's look? And I, what, do you, what do you say to that? I say, uh, so we split test, we A-B test a lot of our thumbnails now because it's not what I think is the better looking thumbnail. Mm. It really is about if we want people to watch this video, they're not going to watch it if they don't click on it. They have to click on it to be able to watch it. Mm. So what do we need to do to get them to click? Now, this doesn't mean we need to create a clickbait thumbnail or, you know, false advertise something, but what's going to grab their attention and what's going to entice them to click? What's going to make it so they can almost 
understand what the video is going to be about just by looking at the thumbnail image. If you're not doing those things, it's going to be very hard for someone to click your video over all the others, especially if there's others that are ticking those boxes that are placed around yours on the platform or on, in search results. So you know, thumbnail, super important. We could have the world's best video, but no one's going to see get it. Over, you get get over the aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we, we released one recently and, and I was on a pink, bright pink background. I thought it looked horrendous, but I think it got 37% more clicks or something ridiculous. Uh, A-B testing. I'm like, sweet, leave it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to argue with the data. And on these A-B tests where we're putting two thumbnails up side by side, it, I, I very rarely pick the one that is the one that's getting more clicks over time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and crazy. What you, and what do you use to, to, to A-B test What software? So we use TubeBuddy. Uh, to A-B test. So it's a plug-in for Chrome or for, uh, I think, Firefox as well. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that that A-B testing is only on their top plan, mm. but it's also a, a, probably a more advanced strategy as well. It's not something that I think people need to be doing from day one. There's other things you can focus on, but for those that are looking for that edge, really having that insight as to which one is going to help you get more clicks, um, yeah, it, it's definitely a powerful strategy. Hey, I'm just on like talking about all this, you know, the data and the analytics, et cetera. How much of this informs what you guys create and how much it comes from your innate knowledge of the space? I think, I mean, we'll always start before we create any video, we will do some basic research, some keyword research. We want to validate that, yes, uh, there is demand for it, that people are searching or looking for the content or just want the content, whether they're searching for it or not, that we're going to create before we create it um, so that we're not wasting our time. But what that also gives you is an insight into what they might be typing for or typing in or looking for that could be a little bit different to what the original video idea was. So it could be that by me saying um, something related, it might get us so far, but if I'm actually using the exact words that that our viewers and users are typing into Google or YouTube to search or you know self-diagnose their pain or problem um it's it changes the game in terms of getting your content to show up in front of them so we are very strategic in that regard maybe the ideas come from uh, maybe half of them have come up with with um with the keyword research because you're doing the research you're gonna come up with a heap of ideas around related topics and things while you're going through that process but also there's things that we're like hey it'd be really cool to do a video on this what do we need to title it what do i need to say in it to make sure that we're going to have the the most amount of effect out of or you know the, the long-term benefit from creating this video yeah awesome okay and like you guys are very much a help channel like that's pretty clear um do you have thoughts around how like a more entertainment-based channel can use those types of strategies yeah i think i think this can apply to really any type of uh channel there's three main things that you need to do with any type of channel you need to get your content placed on the platform so that people can click on it so that is having some insight into what are the things that people are going to be interested in whether they're searching for it or not if it's a vlog style channel they might not be searching for it but how do you get your content showing up after content that people are already watching or related content if they already like someone else's channel how do you get yours showing up behind it. So that's sort of the research that you need to do. So you need to focus on showing up on the platform. You need to get that click. So that's where your thumbnail strategy is really important. And then you need to focus on keeping your viewers engaged. If someone clicks your video and then bails or leaves straight away, uh, it's not going to help you. YouTube's going to stop featuring your content because it's not, you know, it's not keeping that session going. It's a bad experience for people. So you need to make sure that, yeah, you're, you're, you're keeping them engaged. So we come from a very value-centric approach. How do we look at what people 
need or you know searching for and how do we we show up for that and how do we give them everything that they need inside that piece of content to not just understand it uh, or, or you know to go and take action with it but to, to not leave them wanting more or with more questions uh, or more confusion than where they started and there's a lot of YouTube videos out there there's so much content out there where people maybe give you one piece of the the puzzle one piece of the solution but it might have opened Pandora's box so that's where you go down that YouTube rabbit hole of of, uh, of finding stuff and jumping from video to video and hearing conflicting advice so I think if you come from or if anyone comes from a, a place of what do I need to give my viewers so that they are entertained or so that I'm answering their pain or their problem or everything that they need in this video um, without them needing to then go and watch five more follow-up videos to actually, you know, uh, see enjoyment or, or take action with it is really the focus. Yeah, really great point. You dive straight into what this video is about, what you're going to cover, like straight away. There's no, well, hey guys, welcome to my channel. That comes later, right? Like, is yeah. that, that like, uh, I mean, I was that's ask, part of that's that strategic, structure. but of course you guys yes. are strategic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And, and even to the point where what I'm saying in that first sentence is exactly the keywords that we are optimizing for in that video. The most powerful thing right now is that YouTube is, I mean, it has been for a while, transcribing your videos. It's looking inside your content to see what it's about. It wants to figure it out because it's all well and good for you to title a video and say it's about this, to put something in the tags and the description. But inside the video is the most important ranking factor where YouTube is going to use all its AI technology to work out what you're saying. So by doing that research up front and by us knowing that best video editing software on Mac is the phrase that we want to target because that's what people are searching for, then I will say those exact words in those exact in that exact order in the start of the video. Are you looking for the best video editing software on Mac in 2020? Well, in this video, we're going to give you that. At that point, no one cares who I am. They've just clicked a random video. Is this guy who looks like Chris Martin from Coldplay going to answer <laughs> my problem, my, my solve my pain or whatever it is, is this video for me? So you really need to hook your viewers in. Whenever I just started a video, hey, it's Justin from Primal Video, there was a big drop off because no one cared. It, it, it's like, just are you going to, if I click the right video, there's almost that anxiety when someone clicks a video, is this for me? Should I click the other one? The other one was five minutes. This one's 10 minutes. And you've kind of got to get your viewers to relax as fast as you can in your content. And that's where hooking them in and letting them know they're in the right place. Or if it's more vlog style, show them some of the stuff that's coming, tease them to stick around in the video, make it entertaining for them so that they will stick around. Otherwise it's really a lost opportunity and, and it's going to be hard for YouTube to place your content and it's going to be hard for your viewers to stick around. Just to reflect on that, like, um, you know, I've been in lockdown for almost three months. So I've been doing a lot of home workouts over YouTube. Um, and I, there's a, a few that I do and they have this, like, it's a great home workout. I know they're good. I stuck it out, but I had to stick it out past like every time past this 30 second smash cut of them working out and going on adventures and stuff. And it's like, I'm, I'm here to do a 30 minute home workout. I'm not here to watch 30 seconds or a minute montage of you doing this thing and then another 30 seconds of you introducing who you are. I want to like get to that value of the content and the like the, those guys are lucky that I stuck around but because they do really yeah. great workout videos. But like, um, and, like and it's funny you said it's, it's, it's funny you said like I've noticed the same thing. But uh, I've been looking at this new video series, you know, teaching some new skills, and it's funny. There's this one guy in the comment, right? 
like whenever the creator does his long intro, he'll actually put the time code as to where he actually starts talking about the content. Oh, and yeah. he does it in every video. And it's the first comment and the most upvoted comment. So I know every time I got a new video of his, I just click on that guy's go to get to the time code so I can skip past all the crap the creator says at the start of it. Yeah, awesome. we, we have people that do that for hours too. Video starts at, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just respond like, thanks, you just saved me 37 seconds or something like that. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. but whatever. I mean, that's that's actually getting people to engage with your video. If people are yeah. clicking on that, then that shows that it shows YouTube that they're not just idly sitting on the couch and just watching and, you know, they're actually engaging with the content. So that's where those new timestamps or chapter features in YouTube is super powerful as well because, you're showing YouTube that you have engaged people with your content. So there's some pretty cool stuff happening. If you can get them to click on your video and to do stuff, like actually skip forward or skip back, uh, really powerful as well. Look, you were talking about that aspect of value. Um, it's something that, you know, we always, we drive home with the creators that we work with is, you know, people have a lot of choice now um, and, you know, you really need to give people's attention. And when you focus on value and giving them value, um, you know, you're always going to have a, a better outcome. But I think it's something that, people find pretty hard to wrap their minds around. I guess if you're saying like, you know, you know, I'm selling cars. So people want to know specifically about how the car works and the, you know, the value you're going to get out of the car. That that might be more tangible, understandable to people. But when it gets into things like vlogs or, or other things where you're creating relational value rather than, you know, something else, it gets harder for them to understand how they can add value. Can, do you have any tips on like understanding the value you provide and how you can, heighten that i think if it's more personality driven content it is a different approach to it uh the value then comes in more on the human side of things i mean it's, it's all human right but what are the things that you can add value with um in terms of entertainment engagement and acknowledging people where they're at as well I mean, obviously we're speaking broad because there's so many different types of content but how can you let your viewers know that you get them that you understand what they're looking for, what they need to hear, or even what they need to see in your vlog, what they need to see in your journey. If you're missing stuff in there or you tease something and it doesn't happen, like you open a loop in a story and you don't close that loop, those are the little things that that can be seen as, as value. You know, you're, you're completing a cycle. You're completing something in a story as well. The people that aren't doing that, they're teasing stuff and not giving the full, pe- the full picture or, or, you know, completing that circle. That's where it's hard for people to, to be those return viewers and to actually subscribe because they don't feel complete with the content that they're watching. Obviously, if it's, uh, if it's content that's tutorial content, then it's, value is, is pretty easy. Um, but it really is about giving the viewers everything that they need uh, and in a lot of cases just completing the story. Uh, or, or, you know, re- resonating with the viewers and letting them know that you get them and giving them everything that they need. And so I know that, that's kind of a general answer, but... No, I think it's good. Uh, and But do you think that's why, like, some you know, like some vloggers will do tremendously well and you're trying to objectively break it down, but you can't, you know, a lot of people can't quite pinpoint what it is. I think it's that you're giving... They, they probably give the viewer something, like, emotionally or in a relationship-based way that they didn't even know they were looking for. Um, and I guess yeah. that's, that's really hard though, because it's very hard to replicate that. Or sometimes you understand what that is. 
which is where I think personality is a big driver of that. We'll all want to watch people who are like us or, or, or the complete opposite, just you know, crazy people like, well, I'm going to watch you because you're going to do stuff that I will never do. But so there's some reason, there's something in there that is driving us, which is the value that we're getting that we're not getting from somewhere else in life or we want more of what we are getting in life. It's like there's certain people that you could just watch their video and say, hey, I know that if we went and had a beer, we would have a great conversation. We, 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 you know, we're, we're the same. Uh, or, yeah, you know, complete opposites. But that's the value in, in that. I think the personality is a big part of that and also the storytelling around it to, to again, give to your viewers, let them in uh, and to really see you and, and the content or the value you have to offer. Um, that's where you can build those deeper relationships. Yeah, I think that's um, what you, you know, what you're sort of also talking about is like why Casey Neistat is such a great creator why so many people will copy or have copied in the past young dudes ride a skateboard the exact same thing and it's terrible it's that intangible value that he's bringing and it's you can't quite put your finger on it when you're talking a personality and and story based compared to um like more help based content but it's it's still there and it's baked right into the content and into the into the um creator and their connection with the audience it's it's a it's a really interesting sort of area to to try and understand and and put a value like put a marker on what that value is or or identify specifically in certain areas it's um yeah yeah it's interesting Because even, you know, obviously the Casey factor, right? There's not just the booster board, New York City, whatever. Like he, he just moved to LA or something, right? So it's different. It's not, it's, there's different characters in his stories, but I think it's him as the glue. So that's where anyone that's sitting here thinking, you know, I should start a YouTube channel, but there's already people out there creating the videos that I want to create. You really are the glue that no one else has that that factor, even if they're creating the exact same titled videos, talking about the exact same topics that you want to do, there's no other, no one else out there that has the same knowledge, experiences, um, uh, you know, interests, personality uh, to pull all of that together. So you're just sharing your thoughts and opinions on something or giving someone a behind the scenes in your day and it's not going to be like anyone else. But I think if someone does, you know, the surface value stuff of going by a boosted board and try to really break down uh, what what uh, someone like Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon or whatever does, um, they're not going to do it because they're not having themselves in that. You know, they're trying to replicate something, but you're missing that X factor, which is the, the glue that's holding it all together. I love that. That is brilliant. Hey, um, speaking of which, of like, you know, people looking at YouTube and going, you know, I want to, I can do that or I've got something to say and get started. You've helped hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people across your channel. Like what, what do people need to have to get started? Like what do you think they need? I think the biggest place that people are holding themselves back is the conversations that are going on in their head, thinking that there is already people already out there doing it or that they're not good enough, they're not good on camera or right through to the tech, the gear. You know, I'll I'll do it when I have that uh, awesome DSLR or whatever it might be and there's no point in me starting until then. Or they might create a video and it gets no views and they're kind of disheartened about it. So there's all these little places where people stop. 
But the ones that are successful with it are the ones that are okay for their first videos to be their worst videos. To take that 1% improvement over time is really the strategy. You've got to be okay with putting yourself out there. You've got to be okay with not everyone liking you. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Um, I mean, we still get some, some amazing comments through, uh, amazingly bad comments through, uh, as well as all the good ones. And that's where, you know, it really doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're doing this for, for our goals and for our outcomes and the impact that we can have. And everyone has their thing that they can share or they can help someone with or entertain someone with. And those that are successful with them are the ones that don't get caught up in, in you know, the trolls and this kind of stuff. They, their goal is to how do I improve one percent next time how do i film a little bit faster how do i make my story a little bit more engaging how do i get a higher click-through rate on the next one but isn't you know stopping in their tracks every time something happens Uh, i think that's really the piece that we see people miss it's not about the gear the tech whatever it's like how do i just do it and then improve next time a little bit and then do that and improve a little bit next time Um, those are the people that, that we're seeing have success with this um, obviously, you, you give obviously a lot of tips on you know on YouTube and video, um, and I guess that falls into a, a particular niche. Um, and every niche is a little bit different. In one is you know how the audience reacts to the creator, but also the size of the audience too. Um, and I, 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 you know, you do feel like you know not not every topic is equal, and not every niche is equal as well. There are different size audiences. Like if you make you know videos about. You know, I don't know ant nests. You might ever get so many many people, but if you are a, you know a popular lifestyle vlogger, you will get so many more. Um, how do you feel? Like, what do you think that will look like going forward? Like, do you think small niches will open up into even bigger ones now? I think there's there's a lot of talk around the different niches. You know, I mean, we hear a lot of people in our space saying the riches are in the niches. You need to to niche down. If anything, for us the we've just broadened our niche. We started as video editing coach. And then I quickly realized that uh, while I liked the outcome of creating videos and helping people edit videos, the process of making videos around video editing, they take a long time. There are a lot of work. So that's not something I was prepared to commit to. And, uh, and you know, I'd probably be bald by the end of it or have very gray hair. Um, but also that was just one piece of the pain or the problem with that. Um, so, I don't agree with that everyone needs to have a specific niche. I think you need to focus and have the strategy around looking at what your ideal audience or the people who would be interested in your content, what are they looking for? What types of content are they creating? Like what are their interests? So really start to to look at who it is that you want to be speaking to and at least starting there. Now, feel free to shape and change the direction of your channel over time. You're not nothing set in concrete. We've changed our channel names a couple of times and it hasn't killed the channel. So this is the kind of stuff that it really is starting now with your best guess. Like what are the conversations that you want to have? These really are conversations. We see a lot of people that then go to the flip side and say, but the SEO research said that I need to talk about this. So they're talking about stuff that they're not pumped on, they're not interested in. And that's when they burn out because they're doing it for the machine. They're doing it because it is a process, but it's not a process that they enjoy. And it's the outcome that they don't enjoy. So it really is about looking at what are the conversations that you want to have? What are the things you want to talk about? If someone stopped you in the street, that you would be happy to stop regardless of who it is and answer their question or to talk 
talk about that thing. That's the basis, I think, of where people should start their YouTube channel. If it is that you like sharing your behind the scenes of your day and those sorts of things, awesome. Then start with that type of a channel. But then really try to get into the headspace of who are the people that are interested? Why are they interested? What else can I give them? And that's where things like the keyword research and stuff or the researching your topic, researching your audience can really help you then scale and grow that so that you're not just someone that's creating daily vlogs with next to no views. I mean, that's, that's, that would be a pretty frustrating situation. There's a lot of people that are in that. And I guess in your area, though, um, in terms of video assistance, so for example, you, know, you compare yourself maybe to other YouTube gurus and so forth, but I guess you also do the whole aspect of you know, video technology and how video can be used rather than most of the other guys who talk about you know, YouTube generally. So do you feel the ceiling in your area is much bigger then? Yeah, I mean, that's where I don't think, I mean, any of these channels that say that we just speak about this one thing, that's the choice. And yeah, if you feel like you're just creating the same videos over and over again, there's no rules that are saying don't broaden out. For us, we look at what are the areas that we want to have impact with. And it really is in order to to have uh, scale and growth across the board, you need to be able to create videos fast and effectively. You need to be able to then get views on them or have some impact with the content. And then if you have the revenue streams and things built in around it, then you, you can grow and scale the whole lot. Um, so that's where, you know, it doesn't need to just be, this is my niche and I can only talk here. There is some merit in that when you're starting out. But I think as you grow, it needs to be about the content that you want to create, not just what, you know, what, what you might have pigeonholed yourself into. So yes, some of the other channels like ours only speak about YouTube strategy and YouTube growth, but there's still so much changing in that space that they have enough content to keep turning out about that. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, I really think it comes down to an individual channel, but it's more the decision that the creator is making at that point as to where they're, they're drawing the lines on the stuff that they'll talk about and stuff they won't. I remember saying to Mike that I will not be a video marketing person. I have no interest at all in telling people how to get views on YouTube. Yet here we are at, <laughs> at that time. You know, it, it wasn't something where it, we had the system working for us. Now all we're doing is sharing the stuff that's worked for us. We're sharing our experiences on it. Um, so agree, disagree, whatever. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I'm sharing is what's working for us. And I think that's the value that a lot of people can bring based on their experiences as well. And look, you're talking about, you talk about revenue, obviously, you know, where people want to, you know, grow channels, make them a business. Do you often have to have revenue models attached to that? Um, and you go into this a lot in your videos. I think you've also released a, a recent one about, you know, revenue models for people who may not even have a lot of subscribers. Um, but what do you think the best revenue models are for creators at the moment? I really think the best one is affiliate revenue. I think um, why I love affiliate revenue or affiliate marketing when it's done right is um, it's a it's a win-win-win scenario. So it's a win for the company that you're promoting their product or their service because you're sending them qualified leads. Uh, you're not just sending them random traffic. You're saying people, you know, you've talked about the product maybe in your video. Uh, it's a win for the viewer because you're helping them with a pain, a problem, or a buying decision. If they're looking for a review or this product versus this product um, and they've come to your video and you've helped them cross the line, they click and buy and you receive a commission, you've helped them with that, which then means it becomes a win for you too because affiliate marketing, you receive a commission or a fee 
for any leads that or any sales that that you've uh, that you've sent through. So I like affiliate marketing because of that. It's a win-win-win, but also it's something that starts out so small. I dismissed it when we first started signing up to Amazon affiliates and that kind of stuff. I was like, why would I bother for $2 here or 50 cents here? But that's the stuff that if you put in that little bit of time and get that stuff set up like from day one, that it, you don't need to touch it again after that. And it, it grows and scales with every video and every new view that comes through. You can help people with their decisions, buying decisions or whatever it might be, but you can also uh, obviously reap the benefits yourself. So affiliate marketing is my number one. Okay. I mean, I remember when I think um, you were at Advantage of Ours once and you, and you talked about that. I remember you talking about affiliate marketing and it, was, it stuck with me. I'm like, oh, you, you, you're really, um, this is something you, you really do think works. And we were talking to Sarah from Wholesale Ted and even she's a very big fan of affiliate marketing um, done well as well. Um, it really is, it is, it's, I mean, from, you know, the creators who talk to you, it does sound like a very powerful way to, to earn revenue. Uh, why do you think people do it badly though if it's, you know, it could be generally quite a straightforward yeah. thing. It's a good question. There's a lot of people that do it badly because they'll look for the products and promote the products that have the biggest percentages, biggest commissions, mm. uh, or they'll you know have a company send out products almost like it should be a sponsored video, and they're raving about how awesome the product is. And obviously, their affiliate link to purchase is below. But if the product is crappy, the product isn't good. That's a bad experience for anyone that buys it. So for us, like we are. So, that that is like our baby if we're recommending something uh it's got to be something good it's got to be something that we use that is a value to our to our audience um if it's not that doesn't get a mention at all so i think that's where people go wrong they just pick the stuff that is going to pay the highest commissions but it's like how would you feel if you recommended your mom to go and buy something she bought it and it was terrible she had the worst experience like you know, you're going to lose something in that relationship there, friends, family, whatever it is. That's, that's the kind of stuff that you want to treat your, your affiliate marketing audience um, as, as your best friend. What would you recommend to them and why? And list out the pros, the cons. So really coming from that place of integrity with what it is you're recommending, you can't go wrong with that. I, I love how that ties so closely with exactly what you've been talking about, your content and everything else. It's about providing value and, and you provide value you will then get that value back in return, both you know through attention and audience and affiliate purchases. It's it's um yeah, it's just a such a beautiful symbiotic thing. It's uh, it's great. I love it. That's all I got. <laughs> just a just a love fest of the value, like how core that value generation for your audience is, not just in like your content, but like everything that you do for them is valuable to them which then in turn is valuable for you um i think that's a a great lesson for everyone it is yeah it doesn't need to be that you're like hey i'm justin buy my stuff it's literally again starting with that research knowing what their trouble is like how can i best help you with what editing software cool now now that i know you've got your editing software sorted what else can i help you with you know those kinds of things It's, it's like really getting into the headspace of your target audience and if it is that there's a something that you can you know that they should buy or that's going to help them then that's where the affiliate stuff is the perfect fit and actually that is um we've actually run out of time guys unfortunately <laughs> look mate that was that was really great and look as as we finish these uh, conversations we always like to say like do you have any top tips for aspiring creators out there 
top tip. I say, I'll come back to the one I shared a little earlier, and that really is focus on that 1% improvement. Uh, whether that 1% is spending a bit more time on researching before you create your content, or whether it is, you know, what can you improve in your production process or on your, your, your 1% and improving on your responses to your comments and engaging with your audience. Uh, really focus on that improvement over time and then almost like detach from the stuff that you've done previously. Know that the next one is going to be better. Um, it should really be my, my number one tip. Great tip. Love it. Well, wait, we've, uh, like I said, we've run out of time. That actually really, I know we say this a lot, but that, that really did fly, <laughs> fly past. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, hopefully get to hear, hear back from you in, in the future sometime. Um, sure. and thank, thank you very much for having me on. It's good fun. Oh, thanks, Justin. Created generation. We're on the mic.